This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and you're joining me after the Raptors' loss to the Boston Celtics, 102-99, a thriller late in which they had very poor performance down the stretch. They had, you know, the middle of the game was pretty impressive from the Raptors. A lot of standout performances, honestly, but didn't have the recipe to take down the Celtics' defense at the end, and the Celtics' mix of shot makers was just... Too much at the end for the Raptors to contend with, with Gasol fouling out, with Ibaka stuck playing in the pick and roll, trying to defend guys like Tatum or Kemba Walker downhill. They just couldn't keep up. Pascal Siakam disappointed late. Couple, well, costly turnover where he stepped on the line out of bounds. The Raptors, a lot of good pieces in this game, a lot of stuff that they did that was much improved over game one, but ultimately an absolute tire fire of a fourth quarter wherein Marcus Smart hit five threes in a row one of which a four-point play they had a lead and it dwindled down and then the shot making of the Celtics took over late really disappointing loss in this one as has been the case that everybody's been looking forward to this year the Raptors don't have Kawhi Leonard they don't have a late game hero despite having a very good clutch offense during the regular season they don't have the guy who can dribble to the middle of the floor and make shots the kind that we saw from Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, they don't have that. So they have to operate on higher levels during the other facets of the game, during the other parts. And they did for the most part. It's just it evaporated once the three started dropping for the Celtics and they didn't for the Raptors at all. So this is life without Kawhi Leonard. The Raptors have to operate at a much higher capacity in a lot of places on the floor. And they're just not getting that in a lot of different places. So Let's start off in in the first quarter, which I think was really encouraging because it featured very impressive play from Siakam. Not incredible play, not the best play we've ever seen. He wasn't totally unstoppable as a shot maker or shot creator, but he had some nice high-low feeds. He drew attention in the post-ups, made good passes out of it, took advantage of Smalls a lot better than he did in previous games. The Celtics weren't able to create a lot of easy shots early on, but were buoyed. They were sustained by terrific shot making from Tatum, from Brown, both of whom were doing a great job of making shots off the dribble. 
And so the Celtics, I think, were being defended quite well by the Raptors. The Raptors bottling a lot of the the breakdowns that they had in last game where the Celtics were just able to get downhill with ease and more able to kind of funnel, especially Tatum, down to the right side of not the paint, but just the wing. Instead of getting him into the paint and then he can take that little bounce off and hit like a little baby 14, 15 footer where he can make a pass to a guy, you know, coming into the dunker spot. The Raptors a better job of corralling him towards the wing. More difficult shots from over there. More difficult job to play make from over there. But making shots. So the Raptors, I thought, did a good job of that early. Marcus All also, I think, doing a pretty good job as a backstop, tracking everything that was going on, negotiating the space between him and usually Daniel Tice, who is not, you know, a premium lob threat, but can be dangerous off ball depending on how much he's left alone. The Celtics are usually pretty good at finding him and also identifying where he is so you don't get sealed in the post by him. He does that a lot and then Tatum and Co. sneak by and there's a wide open rim waiting for them. But Gasol, I think, doing a good job. Although offensively, Gasol was really, really bad. He had one basket, a layup, but otherwise most of his utility on offense, which was relatively nothing, was making touch passes that were completely unnecessary above the break. He was not he did not want any part of the basketball. He was not a threat. He was not potent. He was not dangerous ever. The Celtics played way off him and that allowed them to play much better defense on the remaining players on the Raptors. So you see Gasol making like a touch pass three feet away to Lowry, who's heavily guarded, and Gasol is wide open. And it's just a complete misuse of the space that he has because, you know, even if you don't make it, as evidenced by Marcus Smart, who hit five threes in a row in the fourth quarter, you got to shoot it, man. You got you to gotta keep that thing strapped. You got to put him up. And so a tale of two sides of the four for Gasol and the same for Ibaka. And Ibaka comes in, he hits a three right away. He's operating on the short roll. He's, he's added, you know, a vertical element to the pick and roll, which makes Kyle Lowry a lot more dangerous because he's got somebody to come down the floor with him instead of Lowry just kind of dribbling into or Fred dribbling into these one-on-two situations because both players are dropping off of Marcus Gasol. At least Ibaka hard charging to the rim or being willing to shoot from the back end added, you know, a vertical element to the offense in that way, which was super helpful. But on the other side, it was like they were yin and yang for Gasol and Ibaka. Robert Williams hung 10 points on the Raptors in the first quarter, and mostly on Ibaka, who I think did a pretty poor job defensively. He just could not track anything. was really sloppy in the lines that he was offering, in the gaps that were coming up, because he was missing parts of the floor. Like He just did not see the angles he was leaving open, and so it was not a good job of finding the space between guarding guys who kind of get that edge coming downhill and paying attention to your primary and Robert Williams being his primary he went off he was able to get to the offensive glass he's able to get to lobs he's just dangerous no matter where he was on the floor and largely because Ibaka did a really bad job of tracking him but that's mostly the story of the first quarter was those things OG really happy with OG I think defensively he was pretty good some early fouls but that's all right He had two triples. He looked really good offensively. When he's dangerous and potent on the weak side, when he can make teams pay either as a three-point shooter or as a guy who's actually going to take it to the bucket or duck in and kind of get those little passes 
so that he has a layup or a dunk. He's really dangerous because he is a good shooter and he's extremely physical around the rim. If he's airborne, he's very tough to stop, especially jumping off of two feet. So 28-28 after the first quarter. The Raptors look much improved, although still it's quite clear Fred and Kyle are not comfortable creating their own shots really outside of transition against this team. And especially Fred had a much better game. Kyle always fairly good, but Kyle could not hit from downtown in this game. And that was a big thing too, was that the way that the Celtics, we watched the whole game with the Raptors, Kemba, he when he can get downhill, he makes a dropping defense look really, really dumb. And we saw that late in the game. He hit two big shots late in the game after missing all game. And it was because he maintained that he could be that shooter, that he can make those shots. And so Kyle, he was basically just going to the rim or trying to grift for fouls. And I like I get it. I understand he's very good at that. But there has to be a spacing element to the Raptors offense. And Kyle's a huge part of that. And if he's not going to hit shots from outside, it gets really tough really fast. And with that said, he was still a major positive on the floor for most of the game. And the Raptors did dominate the paint. They were they were much better in there than the Celtics were. It was just that three-point variance, man. And the thing is, the three-point variance caught the Celtics back into this game. The Raptors, for a large part of the game, the process was decent in the second and third quarter. A pretty good job of getting into the paint, forcing the issue, and really making noise in there. But when we're looking at the Celtics, when they got back into the game, the Raptors having that type of offense where they're not able to hit outside shots, they have to get into the paint, they have to get out in transition, that's tough to score late in the game. So you go into halftime, down to the Pascal and Fred two-man game. It, it kind of showed up towards the end of the second half. And man, the, the second half, or second quarter, I should say, was laborious for both defenses or sorry, I should say offenses, both defenses, I think, showing out quite a bit, playing really disciplined, also really intense, rapid rotations, pretty impressive stuff. The Celtics, as we know, kind of a gap team. I think Pascal Siakam brought that up, is that they want to appear like they don't have a, a gap covered, and then they shoot the gap defensively to try and be playmakers defensively. And they're so long and fast that they're typically pretty good at recovering, and the Raptors pretty good at avoiding those turnovers in that way but still not adv- they're not taking advantage of a lot of the things that the the Celtics are stunting or showing so it's tough to tell what the Raptors are looking at right when they're they're just trying to create offense so it was a little bit slow in the second quarter but they're down to going in the second half and the third quarter I think was the Raptors best quarter well unequivocally it was they win the quarter by 10 it was pretty fantastic play all around Really happy with the way they performed. The Celtics were working almost exclusively through Tatum on offense. And I think that was that was smart on their half. And he, he was doing a lot of lifting. Super impressive because he was still really impactful. Really, really good defensively. So he was operating in a lot of pick and roll. Tons and tons of pick and roll for Tatum. And the Raptors, I think, doing a very good job, as I said earlier, corralling him to spots on the floor. Tatum receiving a lot of attention, making really good passes out of those situations and making the occasional jump shot. But the Raptors, I think, really good defensive playmaking for a stretch. I think, you know, a good process on offense. We saw a couple of the threes fall. 
especially from OG Ananobi. We saw OG who was active on ball. He even had like this little spin to the rim on Marcus Smart. He was active off the cut and really impressive stuff. And Siakam, I thought, still looked good. They're getting out in transition. The fever pitch was when Marcus Smart, he, he had a complete flop in transition. He ran right into Siakam, then bounced off. Initially, they called an offensive foul on Siakam. And Siakam, who wasn't, didn't even have the ball, it was just Fred going in for a layup. They reviewed the call, and they actually gave Smart a foul in the process of Fred shooting. So it was two points plus the ball, which is you know pretty cool. But the main problem was that after the Raptors jumped out to that 10-12 point lead, the offense stagnated a little bit, and so they stopped going directly to a two-man game. They stopped operating in motion. They go to more of these stagnated sets where they'll get like just this straight-up ISO for Fred, a straight-up post-up for Pascal. And that's not the way to score on the Celtics. They're a good team in help defense. They're, they're aware of where they need to be in rotation. And so if Siakam, even if he has a small guy on him in the post, unless he's going to be blindingly quick and get to a spot and put a little baby hook up and he needs to get deep, that just wasn't happening because, A, he's not getting deep enough that he can, you know, go right to that shot. It's, it's not happening, so the Celtics can track him the whole way. He has to work so hard to even get to a spot that he likes. And then by that time you know, the defense is going to squeeze in on you and they're going to be ripping at the ball and trying to use those heavy hands to strip you. And so Siakam, not particularly good offensively. And maybe that's a bit the Raptors forcing him the ball. And I'm not sure what the process was, but he wasn't getting it in motion. And he certainly wasn't creating any type of advantages for most of most of the possessions after the Raptors initial run. So I'm not sure if that's on Nurse. I'm not sure if that's on Pascal. I'm not sure who is supposed to come in and say, hey, we need motion. We need Pascal catching on the move. We need Fred catching on the move, Kyle catching on the move, because that is where most of their success came from late in the fourth quarter was Kyle on the move, a dribble handoff, a pick and roll, something like that. So they go up into the fourth quarter, up eight. And that's, you know, a pretty good spot, all things considered, the Raptors they had a little bit of a slowdown to end the third quarter, as I talked about, although some of the problems I was talking about, they persisted into the fourth. But then we see Smart opened up the fourth quarter with three straight triples. He ended up hitting five in a row. I think he finished six of 11 for the game. And one of his misses in the fourth quarter bounced out. They got the offensive rebound and Tatum hit a three. It was just an absolute barrage from downtown. There's not much to glean from what happened other than Marcus Smart is going nuclear. And so it wasn't a process thing for the Raptors in that moment. I think it was just, man, sometimes basketball dudes, they're strapped. They're going to hit threes. And Marcus Smart, he has no conscience. He's going to pull up. And, you know, to his credit, has been one of the better pull-up three-point shooters in the NBA. You can look it up. This year, he was really, really impressive on the pull-up. He was, I think, fourth in effective field goal percentage in that play type. So, you know, credit to him. He keeps it strapped. He hit a bunch of threes. Do I think this is something that's going to happen every game? Like he was five for nine in game one, six for 11 in game two, I believe. I don't think that's the norm. He typically isn't attempting that many threes a game. It's usually around four, but he is just letting it loose. And it's been, man, it's been super valuable for the Celtics so far. And it was completely dominated the first half of the fourth quarter, that whole sequence. 
and part of it was a 6-0, well, a 7-0 run for the Celtics, wherein they took a six-point lead, and it was kind of, the Raptors' offense was looking really dry at this point. They couldn't create anything. Marcus Gasol, who had been pretty excellent defensively, although a total zero offensively, he fouled out, and man, it was just tough game. You could tell the Raptors were going to have a tough time scoring to get back into it, and it was just wasted possession after wasted possession, and they weren't able to glean any advantages. They weren't able to create any advantages, I should say, against a lot of what the Celtics were doing. And then on the other side, you look at Kemba Walker, who had played horrible up to that point, but they run that pick and roll with Ibaka as the drop guy or the hedge guy. Whatever he's doing, hedging late in the game, dropping early in the game, well, it was a mix of both, actually, because he dropped once and Kemba hit a, a bomb of a three, which that sucked. And then later on in the game, to extend the lead to three, you know, Kemba, he hit cardiac Kemba, a classic step back against Serge, who was trying to hedge, trying to keep up, and Kemba just snatched it back, pulled up on him. Fred hit a big three, but mostly the Raptors were not in motion. Lowry had a dribble handoff to the rim for free throws. I mean, the Raptors got super lucky with a late tech, wherein Jason Tatum had a push off. And they called it because it was this kind of like Michael Jordan-esque push-off. It's just on the opposite side of the floor. OG gets sent back. And OG, I think, was fantastic on defense in this game. But OG gets sent back. Jason Tatum hits the shot. And you're like, okay, that's it for the Raptors. That's the dagger. But they call an offensive foul. And not only that, they call a technical foul on Tatum after he does like an air punch type thing. Is a very weak technical. I, I understand why they called the offensive foul. But even as somebody who... I have a vested interest in the Raptors winning this series and winning games to get to the end of this series. It, it was a pretty weak technical. One of the weaker ones I've seen anyway. Um, and so we saw Tatum get called for a technical. Lowry hit the free throws and they run that little dribble handoff. He gets two more free throws. They, they're they pulling close, but yeah, that Kemba shot making down the stretch, just a little bit too dangerous. The Raptors, especially with Lowry not having the three-pointer, they can go like they don't even have to chase that hard they can try and get back under him you know what I mean and so they just a lot of the actions the Raptors would have been running like a Pascal Siakam ISO against Marco Smart or a Fred Van Vliet pick and roll or even a Fred Van Vliet Pascal two-man game that the Celtics just want to flatten out by switching they're not able to create a lot of these advantages and Daniel Tice I thought did a really good job defensively too especially stepping out on the perimeter so the Raptors Man, they lost, you know, 102-99. At the end of the game, you look at a team that just couldn't create, and you look at a team that had an abundance of shot creators, and the Raptors, they definitely gave this one up, and in a way, because they got a little bit complacent while Marcus Smart was going off from downtown. The Raptors needed to follow that process. They needed to operate in motion more often because, you know, they had the lead, and they worked hard for it, and they evaporated so fast, and then they couldn't score once the the Celtics had clamped down but 102.99 they lose sucks man the Reggie Evans award I think deservedly goes to OG Ananobi who was fantastic on offense fantastic on defense his hustle all game palpable he was undeniably a super big he was he was the difference maker for the Raptors his ascension in this game was a huge part of why they were able to hang around early a huge part of why they were able to launch off in that third quarter 
he was awesome, man. And it sucks that he had five fouls and that he didn't get to play part of the fourth quarter. It would have been nice to try and see if he could go the full 12 or something like that, especially maybe that's why Ibaka was subbed in late in game, even though he couldn't defend against the pick and rolls the Celtics were running is because they thought, well, if we put OG or Siakam, well, you know, OG is the nominal five in this lineup. He's probably going to have to defend at the rim. Maybe he fouls out. Maybe that's what Nick Nurse was thinking. So it's tough because you put, you'd have to put him in that position. And yeah, he, he was fantastic this game. I think the Reggie Evans award goes to him. But the top quick reaction comment from Rambo, <clears throat> quote, I know you can't blame the refs, but some blame has to be put on them. Brown was out of bounds when they got a layup and Tatum went to pass and they gave two free throws and he was clearly passing four points, just saying as well as a huge free throw discrepancy against us, end quote. Yeah, I like I understand the notion of wanting to blame the refs. I It is a little bit disappointing to see the Raptors go the whole first half without shooting a free throw, especially since they were getting so many points in the paint. Typically, paint-dominant teams shoot a lot of free throws. I know that's changed a little bit over the years with how many three-pointers get fouled on their three-point attempts, but... Typically, if you're in the paint a lot, you're going to shoot a decent amount of free throws. The Raptors, zero free throw attempts in the first half. But I still, and the 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 play you referenced where Brown was out of bounds and then they got a layup. Yeah, that one was pretty egregious. That's, I mean, I tweeted that out, that, the picture of it, the still frame. It's, man, it's a tough one to miss. You don't want to miss that one, but they did. And Tatum getting those extra two free throws when he was fouled. When he was passing the sixth foul that fouled Marcus all out, that's also a tough one. I get that. But the Raptors still, had they played better, they should have won this game. I, I understand the Raptors. There there are some things that could have gone better with refing, but the Raptors also at the end still got that Jason Tatum technical foul and all that. And they got, you know, a guy who was getting superstar calls all game, Jason Tatum, got called for an offensive foul late on a shot that he made. So the Raptors, you know, they... And that technical foul was really bad. So I'm, you know, and everybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm not big on ref talk. I think usually the teams are the ones who decide something crazy has to happen, like 2002 Lakers and Kings, something like that for me to even consider talking about refs usually. But there there were definitely some blunders in this game, but I still think it was on the Raptors that they lost. And man, disappointing game. Really tough climb back from down 0-2. They've done it before, but that was with Kawhi Leonard. And the Raptors are a good team, man, but they have to follow the process more closely. And the players who are supposed to hit three-pointers have to hit three-pointers. You cannot have Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry all operating as zeros from behind the line. It just it is not sustainable for this team. They need those guys. And Marcus Gasol, I mean, man, it's those guys combining for four for 22 from beyond the three-point line that's a death note man that's just they can't hang even if they dominate on the inside you cannot hang if the guys all of which shoot better than 36 percent from three all of which and some of them are elite three-point shooters I mean you just can't have that it's way too much to overcome however comma I still believe in these Raptors I still think they can make this a series and possibly win. It's tough because every time they defend a Tatum or Kemba action, it's like walking a tightrope. They've been so good. And even Kemba, who was terrible in this game, save for the last three minutes, 
it's tough. Every time you see a pick and roll possession, you're sweating buckets. And especially with Tatum, who's just been so good. He's been so impressive. He's really been helping the the Celtics, like lifting them. So every possession defending those guys is a tightrope act. And the Raptors have to figure something out for those possessions because Gasol was really good in this game. I really liked his work in this game. But Kemba also missed a lot of shots and makeable shots. And I know that you could say the same for the Raptors, but simply put, the Raptors have a lot of work ahead of them. It's it's a tough series for a reason. This was a game they should not have lost. They really shouldn't have. It sucks that they punted on game one with that horrible opening quarter. You gotta win games, man. You gotta close in the playoffs and you cannot surrender any games. It's important to win when you have the lead and you have to be able to take it home. And, you know, exactly the Bucks, for example, last year against the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard just way better at closing than Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Raptors way better at closing than the Bucks. We're seeing that now, kind of. The Celtics, great shot makers. The Raptors just have to be a better team. They have to operate at higher efficiency, and they have to hit open shots when they get them. If they're not going to hit open shots, they're never going to win this series. These are not the Nets. These are the Celtics. And the Celtics look like one of the better teams in the league right now. And credit to them, they've played awesome. They've been very impressive. They have stuck to a really impressive game plan against the Raptors. They've preyed on all of the Raptors' weaknesses. And they've maximized a lot of their own strengths. So, tough team to beat, man. But the Raptors, they can still do it. They're they're a fantastic team, but they have to turn it around and quickly. So... We've seen a lot of these, like a large part of this team was part of the comeback from down 0-2 against the Bucks. It, you know, maybe the pedigree is there. So there's no point putting a, you know, a death certificate on this series or anything like that, but it's going to be tough. But that's it for me. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you feel better about the series. I hope you feel less frustrated about the game. I hope this was therapeutic in a way, but Thanks for tuning in. I've been Samson Folk, and whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day, and goodbye.